0: Hello, and welcome to The Behaviour Project, a podcast where we explore ideas to help you make better choices and decisions at work. I'm your host, Shyam Sadasivan, a behaviour science geek and a passionate curator of stories from people doing what they love. In this podcast, I talk about shifts in human behaviour, bring in learnings from leading academic research and offer you practical actions you may consider for yourself. For more information or to get in touch with us, please visit thebehaviorproject.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Behavior Project Podcast. I am your host, Shamsa and I'm delighted to welcome Sridhar Akshantula to today's episode. Sridhar has over 25 years of IT experience, spanning the entire range of roles in account management, program management, project management, and delivery management. Sridhar brings a fine blend of delivery and customer interaction skills, having managed delivery and relationships for large global blue-chip companies. He has worked in finance sector, banking, insurance, pensions. He's worked in manufacturing, business information services, transportation, and logistics. He has worked for Infosys, iGate, Mastec, ITT Industries, and is currently the head of transformation of talent acquisition at Wipro. Sridhar, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you join me today. Hello and good morning.
1: Good morning, Sham. It's a pleasure to be on the show and uh, I am equally delighted to be uh, talking to you today.
0: It's been uh, fascinating going through some of the aspects of your work while uh, we have been talking towards the build-up of this episode. And uh, you are a bit of a transformation expert and that's uh, fascinating me because you've not only transformed yourself, your work, your career, but I've also worked in many kind of transformational change projects in many different uh, settings. So that's going to be the, the the crux of today's conversation with you. And I'd love to get more insights from you for our uh, listeners today. I'm going to kick off with a question about you. You yourself have started uh, in tech, but then have moved on to do many, many different things. So I'm going to pose that question and build, build our conversation from there. My first question to you is how did your own career start and how did that kind of transformational journey start for you?
1: From my uh, education to the transformation into the job, I'm a mechanical engineer by uh, academic qualification, right? You know, And my first job was a computer engineering job. I started as a software engineer and uh, I had um, really um, limited experience and exposure to software side of world. Uh, but you know, I started to pick up a lot of things early on in my career and uh, you know that was a uh, that was a quick learning journey that i had and you know it transformed me from being a, a you know pure academic uh, learning in mechanical engineering a little bit of computer in the project works that we did to um, a completely um, hands on coding expert uh, within a couple of years where you know i was already beginning to start coding in uh, you know those days we had uh, languages like clipper and fox pro uh, And these were some of the tools that were used on the Programming languages that were used in those days to create industry-related uh, software. So it, it, was, it was a great journey, and I enjoyed the uh, transformation there. And subsequently, once I moved in into little larger organizations, I got exposed to the mid-range and mid-range systems, ACE 400 System 36, etc. And uh, that journey again uh, transformed me from being a you know uh, PC-based, limited user access systems. You know we call these. Entire architecture system. You know, the earlier was primarily software that was deployed on the computer and used by an individual to a model where I was actually moving into an uh, entire architecture with a mid- mid-range system. And that transformation again was uh, a very uh, significant one from a technology perspective. But my biggest turn in the journey uh, happened when I moved into the US. I was in the US from '93 to, uh, you know, 2000. And in that period, I started to uh, work for uh, multiple companies there, and one of the companies was i t t Industries, where I completely transformed from being a hardcore technology expert to um, understanding the business and that's where a lot of my uh, transformational ideas, you know the, how I was able to understand the user' needs and try to fit a solution that was uh, able to meet and this particular stint that I had was was extremely uh, you know valuable for me. Because I was completely exposed directly to the uh, business users and I was working with the corporate treasurer for the IT industry. And, uh, you know, every time there was a technology problem uh, that he faced that, you know, he could not solve and he said, you know, this is the business context to the problem. You know, can you help uh, find a technology solution here? And, uh, you know, we, we uh, worked uh, together uh, and he, me and his team worked together to put some of those solutions in place you know in those days you know we, we had all the data residing in the mid-range systems, but you know he wanted an opportunity to slice and dice the data and he wanted uh, the computer pc graphic user interface for his sales team to really slice and dice the data to understand uh, how this data needed to be looked at so for that from that perspective we started this uh, program where i was able to download some of the sales data uh, and make it available on a PC where, you know, they teams uh use sort of the sci-based based or, you know, visual basic based front-end tools to really come up with, uh, you know, slice and dice and uh, look at how the right. data works.
0: So, if I was to understand that correctly, would that mean a move from kind of designing technologies to helping others making decisions on technology? Is that the shift that happened there? Yes.
1: Yeah, it, it was... There, Two aspects of the shift. One, obviously, is you know enabling the end user to actually look at the data that was relevant. And the second, from my own personal journey perspective, you know it was it was a uh, it was a great experience because I could actually see the business problem. You know, I could see what the user was looking at. Uh, While till then, it was more about, you know, how could I produce a report and and, and present it? Whereas here, I was actually seeing, you know, the user wants flexibility to play with the data. And and that's uh, something that I realized through this journey. And I was able to uh, come up with uh, solutions that catered to that need. And, you know, multiple reports were created, multiple uh, kind of slices of data were enabled for the user's which helps them to make decision-making faster. So yes, it was both from a personal journey as well as an end-user journey. It was a very good transformation that happened uh, personally for myself.
0: Right. You moved from creating technologies to being an enabler. How, how does that feel to kind of go through a transition like that personally?
1: It, it, it's a it's a very important transition and it was an extremely timely transition in my case. You know, that, that's the time when, you know, in the context of business, and the organization that I was working with was actually uh, looking at seeing how this data could be leveraged by the sales team, by the larger extended community, which was in the field, you know which was not in the central office, which was not in the corporate office. So how could we distribute this data and make it available for these users to uh, do all their slicing and dicing of the data so that's that's it was a very useful journey for me and personally it was a very satisfying journey for me because you know uh, i could i could understand how you know sales teams look at data and how sales teams make decisions using the data that uh, they have the past sales data past uh, you know production data etc and so that that was really a great
0: experience you you got a view on how people are actually using the data and making decisions with it, but you then moved on to then uh, doing learning development and also now uh, doing transformational work in talent acquisition. H- how did uh, that come about, Sridhar?
1: That's again, you know, it was a little bit long grown story, but you know, I, I probably want to spend a little bit time there. You know, once I finished my stint in the US, I returned back to India and I started to take up project management and program management and you know I spent significant amount of time uh, almost uh, 8 to 10 years uh, in managing small medium and large programs for multiple customers and uh, the experience that I gleaned through those you know to those uh, projects and programs uh, really helped me feel confident Uh, and you know you know I could understand the essence of uh, what is required from uh, managing a program or managing a large project Right from, you know, engaging the stakeholders, you know, identifying the risk, putting the plan together to ensuring that, you know, we were able to manage the financial aspects of it. All those elements, which were key to managing a project or a program is something that I was uh, getting the, getting completely immersed into. So uh, that as well as since that I had where I used to head delivery assurance for uh, a large uh, insurance sector customers. Helped me to come up with, uh, you know, certain guidelines, checklists, and, you know, frameworks for program managers. This really died, turned me into the direction of learning and development. And I started to feel that, you know, this is probably the right time for me to give back some of the learnings and some of the uh, lessons that I had uh, from my, from my experience on those two back to the uh, teams. And that's where, uh, and, and, you know, uh, we were also looking for setting up a program management academy. So that's that was the right time for me to move into the learning and development space. And uh, you know, it, it came naturally for me because you know I had a flair for putting things in um, in a in a context that could that could be understood by individuals. So I I was able to bring the blend of uh, theoretical project and program management with the experiences that I had uh, in delivering these programs and was able to present it to the audience, and it, it really worked very well for me.
0: Wow. So, so, so you had built up the skill, you had the experience, you must have had great anecdote stories to basically help people understand uh, how to actually perform that role. Uh, how is the transition into a more of a development role? I mean, doing something is one thing, but then actually helping others learn and apply and do that same thing is quite a different skill, uh, isn't it, Sridhar? How did you, how did you kind of uh, move your uh, mindset or behavior into that kind of mode? How, do, how did that come about?
1: You see, I have, I have uh, had, had this fascination, you know, even in the teams that I led, uh, I had always, you know, had a lot of uh, interactions in terms of, you know, how we can do things better, you know, what are some of the learnings from the various projects. So th- that's something that came naturally to me when I was uh, running my teams and running my programs. Uh, however, when I when I decided to shift into the learning and development, it, it really helped me to conceptualize this framework where I would talk about an uh, aspect of program management. For example, stakeholder engagement. You talk about stakeholder engagement. You know, you 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 look at how do you identify the stakeholders, how do you assess the stakeholders, how do you start working on engaging the stakeholders, and then I started to put together a, a, a anecdote around you know. You have a large program that you're working on and you identify the various stakeholders for that program. And then, so so that entire case that I had put together based on my past experience really helped connect the dots uh, to say, to put it uh, subtly, the, the participants really appreciated the elements of those uh, you know learnings very quickly.
0: It's such a honor almost to you know have the opportunity to learn something and give it back to that community so uh, so soon and have the opportunity to do that so i'm, I'm very happy that uh, you know the conditions were suitable for for you to do uh, something like that and give back to that that group of people
1: it was uh, something that I, I, I always cherish because you know that really gave, opened up a lot of uh, avenues for me in fact uh, i have i have been delivering uh, program management sessions uh, across the globe, you know I have done this for multiple you know of our program managers across va- across various locations in the globe and every time I talk about some of my uh, projects that I have executed and bring the you know essence of those projects and what we did and how we learned from those projects, you know it really connects the uh, string with the uh, with the participants and they are able to relate it to their projects.
0: I've been uh, kind of reflecting on this and, and watching the world change over the last decade where earlier, you know, information and knowledge was something people kept it to themselves. It was not because they you know, did not want to share, but the medium was not there. And today with, you know, so many different mediums through which you can share and uh, things like, you know, even simple things like LinkedIn or writing a blog or standing up and talking at a, uh, as a guest in a, in a learning program, just the number of options available to start sharing is, is creating this kind of moment where people are, uh, I think a little more comfortable and having an option to share their learning, which is, I think overall a fantastic thing to happen to the working, community clearly what you have done you know initiated some of those things early is uh, is something that has uh, led us to where we are so uh,
1: I, I just i just want to probably spend a little bit of time on this transformation because not only is it uh, about uh, aspects of theory that we learn as well as bringing in these learnings in, it's also about how you anticipate or see the future coming up and that's that's one thing that uh, i have been an avid reader i know i read a lot of technology reports etc on how the digital transformation, for example, is shaping up the world. And, you know, that is something that I connect, I connect with the team. You know, you, you look at any of the large corporations and there is an inherent transformation that is happening because, you know, there are these startup companies, there are these, uh, you know, new age companies which have really turned the world upside down. You know, the likes of, you know, Uber, the likes uh-huh. of uh, Amazon, Google have really turned, you know, for example, in, um, you look at uh, retail space. You know, gone are the days of Walmart and others. Of course, Walmart is still a great player. But, you know, you, you can see that, you know, the there are small players who don't have any store, who don't, who don't have any inventory on their shelf. They use the marketplace and, uh, you know, source the order and uh, get the logistic uh, working to ensure that the orders are delivered. Now, if you look at that model vis-a-vis a store, a physical store where you have to buy the products, stack it up on your stores and let people uh, come and buy it, you know, there is an inherent cost disadvantage that a lot of large organizations have. And so how that has transformed the retail sector is really a fascinating um, journey. And you look at any sector in in that matter, you know, banking, you look at transportation, all of these sectors have on, undergone these kind of changes. And, you know, it is, it is uh, something fascinating. And I, uh, when I, whenever I deliver my sessions, uh, you know, it really uh, gives me a kick to connect these dots and say that, you know, this is, this is the direction that the world is heading. So equip yourself to understand your customer needs better. Uh, don't focus just on the project or program that you're working, but try to look at the larger picture and see where the organization is headed.
0: Couldn't agree more, and that's a great segue into the transformational work you're engaged in today. And uh, I know that you're looking at uh, new and ways of actually transforming how we recruit, how we hire, how we do talent acquisition. Could you uh, tell us a bit about uh, the transformational work you're doing in that space?
1: Sure, absolutely. You know, I have been part of uh, our uh, you know uh, recruitment function for some time now, and uh, you know, during this journey, and I said the transformation initiative. Uh, within our functions, so so to that extent, it gives me a uh, you know a natural uh, role where I I need to look at newer ways of doing things. And if you look at you know the hiring uh, space, the recruitment space, it has undergone a lot of transformation, uh, especially with the COVID nineteen. Recruitment has become a non-contact kind of a uh, area where you know remote hiring is the in thing now. So in the remote hiring, there are a lot of aspects that one needs to look at, you know, you need to look at, you know, how do you ensure that the right candidate is evaluated, first of all, and then how do you ensure that the interview is done in a reasonably clean way. So these are certain aspects that we are working on and we are evaluating various uh, solutions that will help us, uh, not only in terms of, you know, how do we identify the right person, how do we ensure the face match of the individual with the picture that is taken and the ID that is provided is done. Uh, and there are a lot of tools that are available, artificial intelligence-based tools that can help with those kind of technologies. So we are we are using that to see that you know we get the right candidate. And during the interview, we want to ensure that you know we have a clean interview where the candidate is actually demonstrating his capabilities, his skills, his coding capabilities. And we want to ensure that we take out all doubts about anybody supporting him or anybody helping him to do the coding. So we are we have certain tools that help ensure that there is the right level of. Uh, Watch as we can put it to make sure that those kind of you know, malpractices don't happen. So, so we are evaluating a lot of these two. So, these are certain things that we are trying to bring in. We are the overall process of recruitment. We are also looking at sourcing aspects also in multiple different ways. You know, now it's completely supply-driven market uh, with a lot of profiles that are available, you know, how do we get the right sourcing, how do we ensure that we um, know where people are available, in what numbers, so so there are a lot of reports that we are able to get from various leading players in the industry Uh, and and that is something that we are using extensively to create a good pipeline for the
0: it's uh, it's so interesting to see how technology is transforming the way we hire. And uh, there's always this uh, debate about, you know, is it is it making it more mechanical? Is it uh, removing the kind of human element and everything is just kind of online and on a system? It's uh, becoming harder and harder to kind of retain that human element to the uh, recruitment kind of process and technique. Do you, do you think that's the case or, or how, how do you see talent acquisition kind of evolving?
1: that is the reality of the current situation and you know uh, at least in the current context it, it is not it's very difficult for someone to really look at a lot of these uh, factors while evaluating digital techniques that are available artificial intelligence etc to ensure that you know we can put certain checks and balances to ensure that it's managed well. however i think in the longer run we will see a situation where um, you know organizations will continue to look at how can we Look at talent as a people activity and not not necessarily a technology uh, driven function. And I'm seeing that already happening in multiple ways. You know the way in which we uh, want to groom talent internally, identify what skills uh, the individual possesses, and you know try to see how we can groom them. know, look at the larger talent uh, supply management uh, function within the organization as well as outside, and see how to integrate that to ensure the organization gets the benefit. Uh, you know it's not only about recruitment as a function; it's not only about you know, learning and development as a function, you know, how do we bridge these two together to ensure that you know, you you have an internal supply, you, you try to see how those uh, individuals are um, stacking up visa, visa skills that are required, what kind of development they need. And then if you don't find the right talent, you go out and uh, bring those. So, so that entire Area is undergoing some amount of transformation in that direction.
0: We started talking about recruitment, but then I think the, um, the uh, ideas you're proposing is also about looking at internal talent and uh, providing that kind of mobility for the internal talent to move into roles that they may be suitable for. That's another uh, very uh, interesting topic that I'm researching myself, where you know how we grow our organizations is to provide in this very kind of fast-changing environment Uh, our own current employees opportunities to grow and grow into various roles like you yourself have done. And I have done that, too, in my career, where I also moved into various roles, uh, just like yourself, you know, starting in engineering, but kind of culminating in an HR role. And uh, whatever we can do to create a, a system or a, or a process or a culture, whether that is more and more possible within the organization, that sounds like a really good place to start the recruitment, because it would be great to provide opportunity to our current people before even looking out. Right. Is that a, is that a reasonable uh, summary?
1: Absolutely, and and I think organizations are realizing it. You know, they, you know, it's, it's always good to ensure that you know you you look at your internal talent. You look at how you can. Uh, you know, there are always going to be people with uh, you know n minus one or n minus two skill gaps that are uh, available within the organization. You know, how?
0: What, what do you? Uh, sorry, Shyam, what do you mean by the n minus one, n minus two skill? What is yeah, that? So, keep?
1: if you, let's say for example, there is there is a skill stack, and, and you know you you need. Uh, uh, set of skills that are required in this stack. You may have a person who has got skills. Let, let, let me take an example of let's say Java uh, front end coding skills and you know with a little bit of database experience. Now these are skills that are required and you know you may find certain people who have some elements of those skills but you know they may not have the entire stack. So in that case, you know how can you train that individual? How can you bring in uh, learning and development function to identify the right person look at the demand and you know what is the top of that need that individual needs to have Uh, provide an opportunity to perform hands-on activities in those uh, new areas that he is acquiring and then uh, present them to the project so that you know we are able to fulfill uh, both the internal aspirations of the individual as well as meet a new requirement that has come up for yourself and you know uh, if that is something that is possible and organizations are increasingly looking at things how that gap bridge can be done internally first before actually going
0: into the market. As I said, we, we started talking about the kind of uh, technological transformation uh, in uh, recruitment moving towards the kind of retaining the human aspect. And I think what you have uh, really highlighted is, you know, starting with our own people is where recruitment should really start. And I could not agree more with you. And that's a very, uh, very human uh, antidote, I think, to that problem of saying that technology is going to take away all the humanness from it. I think starting from within, looking at our talent and seeing, If our own current talent can address the organizational needs and then looking to grow the organization from outside is a a, a fascinating first step. And I think this is a great, a great opportunity to bring the L&D and the recruitment functions together. Because, in all uh, honesty, they, they they are all trying to do the same thing. They are trying to develop talent and find talent for the right places in the organization. So, in a way, they are very tightly bound. I just wanted to close out this particular topic with one question on this, saying, you know, it it sounds fascinating to me. Clearly, we agree. It's a great way forward. Do you think there's a reason or there's a challenge that is preventing most organizations from providing this kind of internal mobility for our team, uh, and hence kind of addressing the talent gaps in the organization? Do you think there's any kind of cultural challenges or any kind of procedural challenges that is you know making this a little harder?
1: There is an operational challenge first of all. You know, a who is let's say on a project X now and he has this uh, you know uh, the skills that are required but you know he needs to up, up, upgrade himself in one or two skill areas to, to meet a new demand but you know the timing of him coming out of one project and you know the timing of him learning the new uh, skills and then being ready for the next project that's an operational challenge that organizations bridge you know so so they have to move the uh, block a little bit work, work to identify uh, you know when the person can start in learning you know, probably it may need to be a little bit of parallel learning that needs to happen as he's working on his current so that, you know he gets equipped as he's got to this project he has acquired the new skills and he's then ready for you know so that entire uh, orchestration of this whole thing is something that needs to happen and that is a uh, that is the operational aspect of it second thing is you know there are there are um, you know perception challenges as well you know uh, many uh, customers, many uh, internal uh, delivery teams as well uh, would, would definitely want somebody who has actually done work in that area. You know, they they don't want to put their project at risk by leveraging somebody who has done some hands-on work, uh, which probably is not a live project, but it, it at least he has learned the uh, aspect and then come up with some hands-on projects that are there in the organization. That challenge also needs to be, that perception challenge also needs to be addressed, saying that, you know, We will have to bring in a mechanism where more such assessments and assignments are put in the public domain for people to pick up and deliver so that you know they can uh, confidently go into the project and deliver on the project so so these are uh, definitely challenges that are there but i think organizations are increasingly looking at um, you know bridging these challenges
0: uh, I would agree with that uh, in that uh, a lot of people want to do many uh, new things and almost like a plus one project or a, or a stretch project for their weekends or an additional piece of side project that they want to do. They just don't have the visibility into where people are actually offering something like this. So anything that can almost like an internal job board, not as a completely new job, but almost like small projects that people need to get done. Um, one, of the, one of the things we used to talk about, in my earlier organization was we used to say all the senior people should you know write a post-it and throw all these kind of odd jobs into a box and people should be able to pick those uh, and uh, add value Uh, because every team has something that they're doing that they can't do they just don't have the bandwidth or the time to do something and if there's someone else who wants to learn the new skill and one can pick it up and actually help you uh, they learn something new and you get some work done which is great like win-win for everybody there are some tools that are uh, i think being launched to help that internal job board or internal work publicizing it and helping people you know gain new experiences so any work there would be would be fascinating another great example of technology actually making it a more human interface and actually addressing a more human need rather than uh, replacing the human touch so that's another another great example Sridhar, uh, I'd like to close by asking you one question, which is kind of more uh, forward looking. You've shared uh, all your experiences and stories on transformation, both personally and technology and especially in the HR space. I wonder, looking forward, if there was one thing that we could offer you or I could offer you or the world could change and you know give you something new, what is that one thing that would, uh, you'd, you'd ask for to make your work much, much better in the future?
1: You know, one of the key challenges that we face is in terms of, you know, um, the demand, the visibility of the demand, the kind of skills that we need, you know, how do we ensure that we, uh, it's, it's almost like, you know, if this is the demand that is likely to come. I mean, I have these set of people, how do I bridge the gap? I'm almost always doing reactive work here. Uh, if, if there is a way in which we can, we can foresee what are the kind of technology changes that are likely to come up and, you know, electrical days. You know, we are able to look at, you know, these are the kind of things that are likely to come up so that, you know, how can we ensure that we prepare? The world is undergoing so much of transformation that, you know, it becomes, you know, that, that's a big challenge, uh, you know, right. even like, if we still gaze at, to also come back and see where, you know, people need to be them. So, it's, uh, well, but, you know, I think, uh, that that's, one thing that if I, if I haven't, I would probably, uh, have a much better planning and, uh, you know, enablement of my internal focus. This is my biggest
0: uh, challenge. It's about a better view, almost a crystal gazing view of what skills would be important and useful for the organization for the future. So you can develop our own communities towards uh, that skill that's going to help the the, the organizations in the future. I think that's a great note to end on. Sridhar, thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope to talk to you again very soon. Thanks,
1: Very pleasure uh, being
0: on the show. Thank you, Sridhar. Bye-bye.